Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. It's been quite a week in the world of new media and social media with the number one topic and target, the Twitter trolls. And there's much more to catch up with. So here's our brilliant guru in the new media and social media world, Steve Krieger. Steve, welcome back. Thanks, Wayne. Good to have you with us. Let's get straight into the Twitter trolls, Steve. We've done this in the past, but it's probably worth defining again for the uninitiated where we get the word troll and what troll is in the social media world. Yeah, sure. So we're uh, familiar with the word troll in a non-social media sense. It's that kind of strange um, uh, figure that lurks underneath bridges and then uh, uh, kind of attacks passers-by as they they go over that bridge. Uh, And the the word troll in social media is used in in quite a similar way. Uh, They serve no good purpose, and they're basically people whose existence on social media is purely to inflame and upset others. So these people have no desire for rational debate. They're not looking to make a healthy contribution to the the forums or Twitter or Facebook. Their sole goal is to cause others distress. So this latest focus on the troll began with the TV personality Charlotte Dawson a couple of weeks ago, then the NRL player this past week, Robbie Farah. Then News Limited tabloids launched this anti-troll campaign. Well, that's right. So, I mean, you'd have to be hiding under a bridge to have missed all of this media coverage of troll problems the last couple of weeks because everyone's uh, been talking about it. Charlotte Dawson was the one who really kicked it off, this TV personality who had received a barrage of really spiteful, upsetting, just terrible comments on on Twitter. Uh, And it was her policy, her personal policy, to retweet them, to share any of those negative comments with all of her followers. And uh, this eventually uh, got to her and she was uh, hospitalised for a couple of days because of the uh, the toll that had taken on her. And then more recently, we've seen footballer yeah, Robbie Farah, uh, who was the victim of some really sick comments on Twitter, uh, made about his deceased mother. Which was terrible. Trouble is for Robbie Farah, though, it ended up biting him back, didn't it? Well, that's right. I mean, he was absolutely appalled by these comments, as as any person yes, would be. Yes. But then it was brought to his attention that a year ago he'd made some pretty terrible comments about the Prime Minister uh, when he suggested that uh, the present um, that he should purchase for her for her 50th birthday was a noose. And so, again, he'd really yeah, it bit back um, as he um, discovered exactly what it's like to receive those comments and then to, to dish them out. So is the newspaper campaign worth it, do you think, in News Limited papers, Yeah, so this week, uh, News Limited launched a campaign across their newspapers uh, with the title Stop the Trolls. Uh, And it has a a goal to um, basically get people to start talking about trolling, uh, to recognise who trolls are and what they do, and then how to deal with them um, in your uh, time online. I uh, I've got my doubts about this campaign. I mean, I think raising awareness uh, about um, trolls is good um, and getting people to understand how they should respond um, to these people is helpful. But a lot of the argument, the discussion is going down the lines of what should the government be doing and how can they be regulating these conversations and how can we get to Twitter to encourage them to get these kinds of people off um, the social media platforms. And I can see where that line is heading, um, but I'm concerned about 
uh, I guess, the, the freedom of speech and how that might be impacted. Um, and I do think there are some other more sensible things that we can do um, rather than going down the, the legislation line to stop this kind of behaviour, but also to stop ourselves in being so easily impacted by it. Yes. I wonder whether it's a bit of old media trying to look or current and new media also. Well, that's right. I mean, we're, we're always um, struggling to understand how to cope with the world as it changes. So uh, to give you um, a sense of what's going on, so Charlotte Dawson uh, had this policy where she would share um, these negative comments. But uh, firstly, I mean, I th- I personally, I think it's a really bad idea because it just inflames the situation. Totally, yes. As I looked at her Twitter account the night that she was uh, admitted to hospital, there were a number of people... Um, who had created very new Twitter accounts, uh, clearly with the intention of upsetting her. Um, And so you just have to be wise about how you use any new technology um, so that you don't actually make things worse for yourself. The Communications Authority has issued some guidelines for what is best to do. Well, that's right. I mean, um, some of this, uh, it's just, just uh, helpful advice. Um, ignore people. Don't engage with them. Don't share the, the content that they're sharing, um, that they're um, sending to you. Just ignore them. Um, Twitter, for example, allows you to block these people. So just block them. That's what I do. Block them, report them for spam, leave Twitter to sort them out. Um, and then just continue to talk with um, your friends and family to know how to engage in these kind of scenarios. I think um, and it was a, a columnist, uh, Andrew Bolt, was talking about this during the week. Yes. Um, I think we need to be careful about how easily impacted we are by these kinds of comments. Um, why is it that we, and I can understand you know, the, the emotional toll that it takes, but we mustn't allow ourselves to be so easily broken by people who we don't know, anonymous voices out there somewhere who are just trying to upset us. Um, as, as hard as it might be, we've got to work harder at um, just ignoring them um, and not allowing these faceless voices to actually impact how we feel about ourselves or our lives. Okay, let's ignore them now, move on. Uh, let's look at a couple of things that have popped up and this one is probably a really important one for lots of us to be aware of, those of us on Facebook. Yet another question about privacy in that arena, especially as it applies to Facebook apps. My guess is there are probably lots of people who don't know much about these apps. Yeah, I mean, apps have been really uh, growing on the on the Facebook platform. That, to, to explain to the uninitiated, uh, they're basically uh, little pieces of software that you um, agree to install and and operate as part of your Facebook profile. Um, and so these apps allow you to do a myriad of different things. You, know, you can view photos or you can play games, listen to music, read the newspaper. And, you know, all these are things that you would normally rely on software and your computer to do what you might even do in the, the so-called real world. You can do on an app on Facebook. But there are security concerns. Well, there are because uh, Facebook continues to shift the goalposts in how privacy um, works on their platform. Remember, Facebook is desperately trying to monetize their platform. They're trying to get money out of it, and they do that through these app developers and through advertisers, and they need our personal information um, as much as possible uh, to give to the advertisers so they can target us with more 
um, customised information. And so what we've found recently, Facebook's been very sneaky um, in how it gets access to our information. And so they've changed um, some of the ways that we sign up for apps so that it's very difficult for us to read the fine print or well, the fine print is kind of hidden away further down the page um, and making it appear um, that it's really not such a big deal to, um, uh, to read these terms and conditions about how our information will be used. But it can be. Okay, a couple of quick final ones. You found a quite thought-provoking piece about texting and the way it's more and more killing the telephone call. Yeah, it sure is. So people um, are preferring the text message to the phone call. Uh, they are saying, and this is perhaps my experience as well, that it's a less intrusive method of communication. You know, people can reply when they want rather than yes. being uh, interrupted at the time with a phone call. Uh, they're saying, and this is you know, staggering from the US, for 18 to 29-year-olds, they're sending 88 text messages a day on average, which is just a phenomenal number wow. of of text messages. Wow. But the, the point that um, uh, has been made from uh, this research is that uh, we are losing the ability to converse properly, to think, to reason, uh, to self-reflect. Um, and also we're trying to actually avoid the pain of um, normal relationships yes. where face-to-face can be confronting, but we take the, um, the easy option, do the text message, um, which saves pain, but also doesn't do anything for the the quality of our relationship and saves time and gives us more a sense of control i suppose so here's one answer from a favorite of yours i know the new media blogger tim challies he says turn it off for a while he does <laughs> um, he, so he went on a holiday um, and he decided for this holiday, he was away for a week or two, he was going to turn off all of his uh, technology. And uh, he had a couple of reflections from this uh, experience. Firstly, it was much easier than he had um, originally anticipated that it would be. Yes. Um, but also he, he had this desire to vacate not just geographically to a different location, but also from all the things that um, keep his his mind um, and his life fast-paced uh, and stressful. Um, and so he found it to be a really helpful exercise, and he's now seeking on a weekly basis to try and um, take a vacation from technology. So Sundays um, he's decided to switch off all technology um, and email He's making email much more difficult to access on his uh, phone. Specific times to process his email rather than living in his inbox all day. And then just taking that time off regularly to self-reflect and audit and wonder how much he's using technology and how much technology might be using him. Give us some headspace. Steve Kreiger, always great to talk. Thanks so much. Wonderful. Thanks, Lee. We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.